ladies and germs, ladies and gentlemen, guys, 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 I know I say this every time, hey guys, hello guys, hey guys, no, I don't say hey guys, that's not me, what's up, it's your boy Samaj, and you're listening to the Me I Am Podcast, season two, hashtag listening and learning, so without further ado, I have one of my favorite people here, please welcome Mr. Les Kirkendall Barrett. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to season two of the Me I Am podcast, season two, listening and learning. Today, we are switching up the things. I'm here to never listen nor learn. I'm here to have fun. I'm having fun with one of the funnest people I've met in these interweb spaces over the last year, year and a half, give or take. Um, I have a a man here, an educated man, a man (laughs) that knows what an article is that knows what a <laughs> that knows how to uh, you know use logic and reasoning that knows how to uh, decipher fact from fiction, but also can tell you about some facts and some fictions. He does a thing. It's what's what's this verb? What's it called? Um, reading? Yes, he's a reader. <laughs> so I have actually not just any reader, be reader. I have the host of not only. Reality Reading Rainbow, but also host of, here we go, A Lifetime of Hallmark, Less Love Soaps, and our moderator of the Bravo Detective Agency Club Room. I have one of my favorite people here, Mr. Les Kirkendall Barrett. Hi, LKB. Aw, thanks, Samaj. Thank you. That's how I, it's like I'm, I'm blushing. Thank you. No, thank you. I'm like geeking out. I've been on your show. And it's been so much fun. I'm like, I, 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 need to, I need to have him on for something that makes sense. I don't want to have you on just to have you on. Like, I want the conversation to be fruitful. I'm like, oh, here we go. Here's where our two worlds come together. Because you read a lot. I read sometimes. And <laughs> it's a book that um, is really, you know, taking over uh, the conversations right now in the Bravo universe. Yeah. So today, we are here to talk about the book, Not All Diamonds and Rosé. But before we get into it, this book, please tell my listeners, Les, a little bit about yourself. Well, yes, my name is Les Kirkendall Barrett. I'm an actor, comedian, podcaster who is based out of Los Angeles. And yes, I've turned three of my pop culture hobbies and loves into podcasts. So I have a podcast, A Lifetime of Hallmark, where my two co-hosts and I talk about movies on Lifetime and the Hallmark Channel. Uh, basically, it's two gay guys and a straight guy, and we're pretty much tormenting the straight guy with Hallmark movies. <laughs> and, and then the other podcast that I have is the Reality Reading Rainbow. You know, <laughs> I about books by reality stars and try to make sense of them. I lean heavily on Bravo, but I'm actually going to start branching out a little bit and doing other reality stars on other oh. shows and on other networks. Mm-hmm. And then I have less 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 love soaps, which I basically do every other week because you know three podcasts is a lot. So uh, less love soaps. I talk about soaps in the USA and the UK, and it's all really great. And I'm glad that you just now clarified <laughs> that on um, a lifetime of Hallmark that it is two gays and one straight because it didn't become apparent to me that 
Kirk was the straight guy until the story yeah. last week when he said, you know, he was at a bar with a girl. I'm like, a girl? I'm like, wait, I put all of you forget. Yeah, so Kurt, thank you for clarifying. <laughs> I had no clue. No, Kurt is, Kurt is straight. I've known Kurt for like 15 or 16 years. We met wow. touring. We met touring at. Oh, cool. Just stayed friends. Nice. I love that. So yeah, guys, definitely, definitely go listen to A Lifetime of Hallmark. There's something for everyone. One of my favorite segments of that podcast is our weekly Black China News. Every week, they give you an update on the on the going-ongs of uh, Miss Angela <laughs> or Black China. So if you're not into Lifetime of Hallmark, come for the Black China updates. I, I, Kurt's going to be very happy when I tell him. Oh, I'm tuning in every week. Actually, so actually, before we get started, I have a question. So, in our um, you picked the wrong insert, you know, whatever series. Are you mm-hmm. are did you record or are you gonna pick up the one uh where Tom Sandoval is in it that mm-hmm. came out like last summer or this summer? I gotta find it. I gotta find it because the wrong, by the way, um, for those of you who want to give it a try, the, the movies on Lifetime, the series uh of uh, uh, the wrong movies. Vivica A. Fox has like a series of wrong movies now. That is wrong our doctor, favorite the movie. Wrong lawyer. <laughs> right? Um, and, and the part of it is because at the end, no matter what it is, uh, Vivica A. Fox like gets a close-up going, you picked the wrong secretary. <laughs> it's so good. And, and, and the, way, and the way you and your co-stars recap it, it is just phenomenal. Like every time I get the notification, I'm like, yes, new episode, let's go, let's Thank get you. it. Like I tell, love that show. I'm going to tell Kurt about um, the the Black China. <laughs> he, he will be very happy. Oh, I love it. I hope you know she comes on the show. I hope I, I hope Lori I, I hope Lori Laughlin comes on the show and all the other GAC expats that are showing right. up that can't be on Hallmark for various reasons. I hope everyone right. that you guys talk about somehow makes it on your show one day. <laughs> uh, thank you. I hope so too. Yes. So. Again, we are here to talk about the book, which I'm sure everyone listening has already. Um, and if you don't have it due to either the paper shortage or, you know, you were slow and the book sold out, buy it on your phone. I'm an e-reader. I'm reading the book on my iPhone amongst others. But, you know, it's just easy. You're always on your phone. So why not read yeah. and be productive? Um, but, yeah, no, again, not all diamonds are saved by Dave Quinn, who we love, love, love. Our he's buddy. Spent, yes. He spent the last 10 months working on this Bible, this show Bible, truly. And it's good. And who knew this book is controversial, mm-hmm. like legit controversial. Who knew Dave had it in him? <laughs> you would almost think a housewife wrote this book. It's so hot right now. Because Dave is like the nicest. So nice. Guy. Dave, Dave is the, like the nicest guy. Wouldn't say a bad thing. Non-confrontational. About Very non-confrontational. And I read this book and I'm like, damn, <laughs> like, uh, like all every, like, what did Bethany say? Mention it all. Everything you brought the heat, fire on all cylinders. And Just I amazing. was, and, and I was talking to him because Dave is a friend of mine. Well. Yes. And so I was talking the other day and I was saying, I was telling Dave, I'm like, Dave, have you thought about how many fights? For the next season of these shows are going to be about what was said in this book. Mm-hmm. Which I honestly, and my joke about this book is this book is the Avengers Endgame of Rob <laughs> because the network will never be the same. Seriously. Because yeah. these women did not hold back. 
No, they did not, which makes for an amazing read. It's going to be a coffee table book. It's going to be in the, in the stocking stuffers. I mean, like, it's here. And I love how I love how you made that point of how it's going to change everything because, because it's stuff that Bravo approved and the book is out and people can buy it. They're going to be able to, if they want or choose to, I think, bring it up in whatever way they, they're allowed right. to bring it up. Right. Mention so, it all. It's exciting. It's very exciting. So Wes and I focused on part one of this book, which is, you know, the genesis, the beginning, the real housewives of Orange County, our flagship city, our first city, the yeah. one that truly started it all. So how did you feel about the book starting with uh, Orange County? Do you, do you think it was good? Should it started with Salt, yeah. Salt Lake? Like, I, think it, I think it was good. Another thing is I definitely... One of the things that impressed me about this book is I definitely learned things and it mm. definitely changed my views on some of the housewives. Like, for example, Peggy, you know, you find out that Peggy was dealing with all of these microaggressions behind yeah. the scenes. So no wonder she shut down. Our no house wonder, 100. Yeah. Right. You know, no wonder she always looked like she was pissed off and didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Another person, I was never a Tamra fan. Really? Now I am because mm. I like, well, okay, here's the funny thing. I like yes. Tamra her first season and then. Wow, okay. But I do like her now because Tamra basically changed the trajectory of the show as far she as did. the confrontations and stuff. You she know, shipped the mold. Mm-hmm. For what we know I today. liked Heather Dubrow, but when I found out that Heather Dubrow was the one that created the whole trope of style and dressing to the nines mm-hmm. and having designers things. That was so cool for me to read it. And so, you know, um, it really did change my mind on some. Because others it didn't. Right. So right. Don't um, worry. We will, we, we will definitely, <laughs> we will get there. Uh, but how do you feel about the show as a whole, the Real House of Born Challenge specifically? How do you feel about that one as a whole? Like, just after reading this yeah. after reading this i think what can save this show because you know last season for various reasons the show was just a shit show need some help <laughs> i think after reading this they just they just need to go back to basic hmm. simplify go back to basic or simplify and go to around like back to basics when around the time that Tamara joined. Yes. Okay. I I would agree with that for sure. Um, so the first season, it's described in the book as having being like a docu, so very documentary style, not as you know, like highbrow, not as activated. But um, question, did you like that style for what it was at the time? Like now, looking well, back, w- what I found interesting, I th- it's supposed to be like a comedy. Okay, like because they initially Scott Dunlop said that he wanted it like Curb Your Enthusiasm. He I did really say that, yes. So I, so uh, I, I liked it, but I didn't love it. Okay, back then. I gotcha. liked it. I liked the Joe storyline and I watched it. I watched yeah, it. It was good. You know, I love the, you know, I liked the Vicky yelling about a family van. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I, you know, I liked it, but yeah, it definitely needed 
For sure. In the, in the beginning. Yeah, no, for sure. I liked how, um, just thinking about it right now, the Kirby enthusiasm reference, it really clicks because, you know, Scott says he pulled up, you know, basically next to Gina's house. What do you say? He had like a, a hat on, like a shirt, and he said he was dressed like a rock star. And Gina's like, who the hell are you? That's a very like Larry David kind of jovial moment there. So right. it's, it's funny that he uses Kirby enthusiasm like right off the rip. Right. Right. And, you know, um, hey, and face it, like it or not, this is what created what we have today. For sure. It definitely gave us our foundations. Yeah. And do you get the sense that um, we kind of have a Vicky versus Ramona thing? Like, you know, this is my show. I started it dynamic between Vicky and Gina. Because, you know, Gina's like, no, I started this show. This is my project. And Vicky's like, I made the show. And then obviously we got Tamara making this. What do you you make of that? Okay, first of all, after reading this, I think Vicky stayed too long. Oh, for Vicky, sure. Vicky stayed way too long. Because when you start calling it my show and thinking about it as my show, it's not your show. Right. It's an ensemble cast. If it was your show, right. they would have gave you your show, like how they gave Bethany right. her show and whoever. And and I don't think I don't think Vicky ever had a spin-off. No. Right? I don't no. think so. Mm-mm. Not not a wedding, not a not a ski trip, nothing. Right. So yeah. So <laughs> So I, I think Vicky stayed too long. I think Ramona has stayed. Yeah, I think for sure. Ramona needs to go too. It's tired. The the chick is tired and, and the jig is definitely up. Yeah. Yeah. But you know right. what? The the drug of it all, the drug of fame, I think a part of that does keep them going because, you know, <gasps> we're, we're supposed to believe that, you know, they're rich, they're wealthy, or that they came in with the money. So if they don't really, in that theory, they wouldn't need the money. So what are you here for? The fame. And this is what I always say about housewives. Mm-hmm. Because, okay, so let's say the Real Housewives of Orange County was a fictional show. These were all actresses. Right. So as an actress, you're fired from your show or you decide to leave. What happens? You can go and get another part and be, and, and be an entirely different person because you're an actress. On these shows, you're supposedly, and I'm doing quotes, playing yourself. Mm-hmm. So once you're done, you're done. Right. Unless they do girls trip, like they, they're doing the ultimate girls trip. So they're bringing back, a, you know, a lot of the housewives that left, that left their franchises. Mm-hmm. But you pretty much, as a, you're pretty much a one and done. I'm not a one and done. That's not the right word. That's like a season, like you do. Right. So you're you're pretty much you're once you're done, you're done. Right. Like like you like you know like you're writing your story, and once you know you have no, you have nothing left to write, and you need to quietly see yourself out the back door, and then maybe right. take over for years, and maybe get new ideas for a new book, and come back and keep writing. But don't keep writing for the sake of writing for commercial purposes. Or be smart and truly focus on your businesses when you are there because i think a lot of housewives don't you know a lot of them were kind of taken by surprise when they were let go and they didn't prepare for it you should say what you will about bethany but bethany's the one who did it right Mm -hmm. and used it and used it to her advantage you know incredible businesswoman for sure 
And even though we're talking about Orange County, but funny thing about New York and the money of it all, it's always been said like by the New York ladies and, and like, you know, just in general, but um, as I was saying before, a lot of these women have money, but they said in New York, everyone, everyone who's on that show generally needs that paycheck. Cause it's like, you know, one of the most expensive places to live. So, um, so I, I think, I think I remember Bethany said it, or maybe Carol at the time they were like, you know, when, when, when these girls lose their jobs, they take it hard. Cause this is, this is a big check that they're getting. And to go back to like the, their platform, Say what you will about Vicky, but she did use it. And Toto Insurance is a successful insurance agency. Mm-hmm. You can't take you can't take that away from her. No, you know, even though she's not on the show anymore, she still got Koto Insurance. So I got to say for that, I got to say good for her that she was yes. smart about Koto and the bacon baka perfume. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, it takes us through our first years, how Tamara came in and changed the game. So obviously at the time, you know, we all talked about this a hundred thousand times, but what did you make now, seeing it in plain English, the Gretchen of it all, how she came in, how, how everyone Ooh. felt she was being facetious? How, how do you feel about okay. Gretchen right now? I, so you know how I said that it swayed me, how I think about Housewives? Mm-hmm. I liked Gretchen when she came on. Me too. I do not like her after reading. No. She's I, like early Erica Jane with like the bad social media, the, right. over, the overly face tuning, uh, the poor political choices, and like, you know, just shoving slaves down our throats where we're not even asking for it. <laughs> well, and it basically sounds like in this, from reading, she did her first, like, she was dating that older guy at the time Jeff, who, yeah. was, who was sick, who had cancer, and she did him dirty. Yeah, she was like, I don't want this. I really don't want to be here. If I, if, if, if I didn't have to, I would. I want out. But also, just say that and then, like, honestly, her storyline might have been that much more interesting if, like, we watched her wrestle with, do I want to be with this guy or not? Because that's honestly more realistic. You know, everyone right. says they want the sugar diet, they want this with that. But when you actually get in there and, like, you know, you got to go find the sugar, go in the cupboard and, and walk around, like, you know, the messy house. It's like, oh, do I really want to be here? Is, do I really want the sugar on the top shelf that bag? Like, right. you really... You, as a person, you can go through that. And I think had she t- taken us through that instead of, you know, just putting on, it would have been a far more interesting story. Still interesting because, you know, Tamara, you know, lit that ass up and like, listen, lady, fucking lying. But, right. you know. And so that was part of that. Because one of the reasons, what, hold on for one second. I'm going to turn my sure. mind. I'm going to get this And the Lord said, let there be light. Sorry about that. All good. So, so one of the reasons why I did not like Tamara is because I thought Tamara was picking on Gretchen. Me too. <laughs> I totally thought she was picking on Gretchen. I thought that, you know, she was trying to like ruin this woman's relationship mm-hmm. and this woman is taking care of this sick guy. And how dare you like give this woman a hard time? Right. And now I'm like, oh my God. Tamara was right the entire time. And so this book definitely switched my opinion on it. Yeah, especially when Gina's like, no, it's true. She's like, I saw them out together. I've, I've, I've had this convo with Gretchen. Because I've always felt like throughout that group, the early group, Gina was the one that had least motive to lie. Because, right. you know, like they explained to us before that part of the book, she had no idea what was going on and she kind of didn't want to be there at certain points. So I feel like she would be like the last one to legitimately go to choose to lie. Right. So yeah, right. that was good. And yeah. 
So, so yeah, that definitely like swayed my opinion. So I'm like, this has got to be, this is a good book. Like if it's changing like the way I think about people, this is a good book. No, for sure. I mean, it definitely um, changed my opinion similarly on Alexis. I always thought she was like kind of silly and funny. And now, and now I think she might be a little dangerous. Like her little, like, yeah. you know, vapidness and, you know, just the stuff that she says off the handle. I'm like, what are you really getting out of here, lady? Because now reading with Tamara, how, you know, like how seeing how, like, you know, she really like read the room very well yeah. and like for what this program was. Now I'm thinking about everyone she never liked. And I'm like, there's got to be a reason here. Now your friend, your girl. Mm hmm. It kind of changed my opinion as far as I don't dislike her, but my opinion went from dislike to maybe this just wasn't the right venue, you know, for, for Pastor McLaughlin. For yeah. Pastor Lydia. Yeah. Maybe. So I went from dislike to, you know, maybe this just, just the show just wasn't right for her. Right. Like Shannon said, she's like, Lydia's nice, but she wasn't great for the show. Right, right. Yeah. You know, and and they really, and they did her an injustice. Okay, oh my God, I'm going to pick up for her a little bit. Here we go. They <laughs> did her, I still don't think that she belonged on that show. Yeah. But they did her an injustice by bringing her back because she was one of the very few housewives to leave on her own. Yep. And, but then they brought her back and she didn't fit even, it was even worse of a fit the next time. And they, this time she got fired. Yeah. So, you know, they should have just left well enough alone and she could have still been like, Hey, you know, I was the only, I was one of the only housewives who left by choice. And I love that part. So in the book, she's like, I quit. I don't want to come back. And then literally the next line of dialogue, Lydia was not axed back. But right. producer, like I love how it goes housewife, producer, housewife, housewife. It's almost like you're watching the show cutting right. from confessional to confessional. So I love that how immediately after, like, she, she was not going to be axed back. <laughs> right, right. So they totally did her disservice. Yeah. Poor girl. And um, so we're moving forever. So that's Lydia. I'm not going to go over Lynn because, you know, I, I, I want her to be okay. So I'm not even going <laughs> to... I, you know what? I was, I saw Lynn one in person. Really? I was at this bar in West Hollywood. Did she have the that is actually That it's actually no longer there. Oh. Um, at the time, it was mm -hmm. called Eleven. Mm -hmm. And um, so I saw her in this bar and she was like staring at me. Like, I think that she thought that she knew me. My hair was longer. Mm -hmm. my, my dreads used to be, like, shoulder length. Like in the email picture, right? Yeah. So she kept on staring at me. So I think that she thought that she knew me. Did she have the cuffs on? Did she? That I don't remember. Okay. She looked like she was a little buzzed. Well, good for she, her. She looked like she was a lot buzzed. She needs it. But, she, but, she deserves that. <laughs> But yeah, so that's my Lynn Curtin story. Because she kept, I was like, why are you staring at me? And I, I just figured she probably thought that she knew me. Yeah. Well, you, well, you have a very memorable face. Maybe, oh, maybe, okay. <laughs> maybe, she, maybe she's seen some of your work at that time and, and you just didn't know that she was, you know, maybe. cultured maybe. and diverse in that way. Maybe. <laughs> Expanding her horizons. 
Um, yeah, so I'm going to take us into now um, the more recent years. Uh, your patron saint, Megan King, Megan King Edmonds, Megan King Owens. <laughs> Meg- Megan King, Ed- Megan King, Biden Owens. Yes. The patron saint of the Bravo Detective Agency. And, and another thing about this, it gave me a new respect for junior detective Shannon Storms Bedore. Mm, okay. First thing that stuck out to me about, about the Megan portion was how she basically said about saying, she's like, I didn't know Kelly and Kelly confirmed. I didn't really know her, even though Kelly was born on as Megan's friend, which speaks to two things about the OC. One, it's a small town, so they probably really didn't know each other. Like a lot of those ladies do like, know, like, you know, they said, you know, oh yeah, we knew so-and-so way back when they were around, but we never bought them in. So right. it's funny how like at that point, so that was season what, 11 was Kelly's first season, how like, you know, they were still keeping true to that Orange County when everyone knows somebody like pretty much in a realistic way, but now playing it up for, okay, like this lady's good for TV. Let's just bring her in. Cause in the, in the book, they both say like, we really didn't know each other. Right. And, 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 you know, so, so Megan, Oh, it made me like Megan even. Yeah. I, I enjoy it. Yeah. And of course my favorite part is, yeah, you know, I did my, my investigating. <laughs> Part of it is because I had nothing else to do. Yeah, right. She's like, she's like, uh, she's like, you know, Jim. Jim was away. Uh, she's like, you know, um, and and then you know, we were dealing with you know the cancer with his wife. So she's like, yeah, you know, it's fine. She had the time. She's like, I had time. Yeah, yeah, that was funny. Fascinating. And and then the Shannon because Shannon like took a screenshot of a pet scan and then sent it to professionals. I was like, you go, Shannon, storm the door. So yeah, so it made me because I was always I'm I was always kind of meh on Shannon. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I like her. I like this. It's very good. Back then, yeah. Well, funny. I always found Shannon to be a compelling character. In offense, like when she would show her pain, I immediately felt bad for her. So I was I was always coming from a place of oh, poor Shannon. Like oh, you know, oh, look at this lady. Oh, right. Oh. Mm-hmm. And for Megan, uh, the detective stuff was like just a bonus. Because honestly, I was just fully invested in her baby journey. Like, I like like, right. like you could tell she she so badly wanted the child, and when she finally got Aspen, it was like the best thing ever. Like, so I was actually tuned into her journey for the baby of it all. Yeah, but her husband did her dirty too. Yeah. Another thing that made me like Shannon is because you know we knew her marriage was bad. Yeah. But we didn't realize that it was even worse than she going on the show and it looked bad on the show yeah and you know it was bad because it literally like naturally trickled throughout the group like it wasn't like you know the girls went digging like you know that lady happened to be at heaven's dinner and like the stuff just happened like it was happening in real time right like david was really out there in the streets for right. sure yeah and and what else? who else kelly dodd it made me hate kelly dodd even your more. nemesis your arch nemesis kelly dodd well, because when it this goes back to Peggy and Peggy dealing yeah. with the microaggressions and Kelly being like the culprit of the microaggressions and how the network basically told uh, Peggy to keep quiet about it. Let it go. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? You, you, so, you know what? You know what actually really strikes me about that scene? So. So, so you know how we're reading uh, Shannon's like, I witnessed this and I recorded it. I was going to show it and play it because she knew how bad it was. Yet now here we are 
2020 slash 2021 when she's asked about our current political situation, like you know our social climate. She's mm-hmm. like, I'm 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 51. I I, I don't get political, but, let, but yeah, mm-hmm. you were ready to record and and right. like so like that tells us like you you know what's going on, Shannon. Right. Like, you you need to take out your phone and record Kelly yelling, you know, ISIS in that right. moment to Peggy Salahian. But now all of a sudden it's different for you. Right. Interesting. That, right. Oh, I agree. Very, very interesting. All right. So what was your favorite moment of part one? Oh God. Um, because I had a couple. I have right here. Yes. Um, let's see. I think my favorite part mm-hmm. was um Oh, my favorite part is the fact that when Slade was going to take her, try to take down Tamara. And oh, so yeah. they had a planning meeting at Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> they did. And she found out about it. She's like, they had a meeting at Starbucks to try to take me down. Right. And I'm like, Starbucks, come on. But, but you know, Slade, Slade was so lame that... It, low, budget. Yeah, that, low budget. Low <laughs> budget. But yeah, that was that's what cracked me up. Is like they they had this big planning meeting, and we're gonna take Shannon the door down. Do you would think that they would meet at a restaurant or something? No, they met at Starbucks. Mm-hmm. Take yep. her down. It's ridiculous. It's truly ridiculous, but so on brand for Gretchen and Slade. Like right. they they would get all the ex cast members and meet at a Starbucks. Right. Because who's there at Starbucks? The people. So like you know, we're gonna make this plan, and we're gonna get press. And it sounded like he had like Vicky. Like he had a bunch of people. Everybody was there. there. Yeah, they were all there. And you know, I get Vicky being there because remember, it's her show. And I'm sure at some point, you know, it's her sister, her friend, her soulmate. But also, she's like, no, this bitch is still in my show. Yeah, let's let's try let's try and knock her down a few packs and then shove her off. Right. Yeah, my favorite part was how we only had a total, I think, seven pages about Emily and Gina because I'm still I'm I'm still sussing them out, and I'm definitely feeling Emily a lot less. Oh, 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 oh. I'm not, I'm not a fan uh, of Miss Simpson. I'm not a fan of Miss Simpson. I only yeah, liked I'm, her her first season when she, you know, mildly stuck it to Kelly. Because no one else was doing it at that point. Yeah, Miss Simpson and her troglodyte husband. No. So really quick on the husband. So I feel like um, Shane Simpson Mm-hmm. is uh, the Pokemon evolution of like our Salt Lake City husbands because they all have those like massive like Salt Lake City Utah foreheads. But I right. feel like Shane was like the first one and then like we eventually get to like a John Barlow or like a Seth Marks. Right. So oh, every so time funny. I see him now, I go back to those men over there. I'm like, they, this, there's something here. I'm like, it's the forehead. The forehead. It's the forehead. It's that big Salt Lake forehead. The salt <laughs> in the lakes reside. In right. The yes, but... I'm going to leave them alone because they have done nothing to me. John Barlow was very nice to me on, on Instagram. He follows me. He messages me. Oh, that's so nice. Let me not let, let me not slander this man on my podcast. Uh, any final thoughts for the fans out here? For oh God! So um, our and you can edit this out. I won't. Shall we talk about? So there's a little war. Not by the writers, but like uh, in the fandom going on, mm-hmm. for, which is a stupid war. I mean, it's stupid, but there's a little war going on between this book, Dave Quinn, mm-hmm. my birthday twin, Dave Quinn. Oh, because we have the exact same birthday. Oh, wow. Or I like 
but but it's kind of funny because we're like I like I'm like the other side of the coin. Yeah. <laughs> so, or as I refer to it, he's Samantha. I'm Serena. Ah. You know what's funny what? about that? I was listening to uh, another show today, and that host she played a clip today of Radio Andy, where a caller, you know, literally like a Susan from Ohio, called in saying, "You know, I got this book. It's the audio book," and she was talking about. Um, honestly, I don't know the title of the other one, but uh, she Brian talk- Moylan's <laughs> like Housewives something coming. Yes, which I read. Which I read, mm-hmm. and I had Brian Moylan on the show. You did. You yeah. Did. Um, yeah, but the lady is like, she's like, no, I have the audiobook. She's like, you know, and she's like, and in this book, blah, blah, blah. And Andy goes, oh, I don't know what the, oh, he's like, oh, that's a Google Doc. And then Andy goes, he's like, oh, you know, well, everything in that book, he's like, you know, that's, you know, uh, Google clicks. He's like, he's like, he's like, he's like, everything in that book is. <laughs> This is a Google alert. He's like, but this book, you know, not all diamonds and rosé. This is the real story. <laughs> like, and, and so in the fandom, there's this whole war about, you know, Dave did Brian Moylan dirty and, and stole his did, idea, stole his goddamn house. Right, right. Which, which, first of all, is not true. No. Secondly, I read both books. And, um, Brian Moylan's book, Brian Moylan, his book was not sanctioned by the net. Right. So he was not allowed, like he could give you scenarios, mm-hmm. but he couldn't tell you who said what. Was or as Andy the- said, his Google printouts. <laughs> right. So, or, you know, or he'd give you a bit of information, but he couldn't say, like, he would be like, well, a housewife told me. Right. But, okay, the thing is about this book, yes, it's with Dave's book, yes, it's sanctioned by Bravo, but he did not have to sugarcoat anything. Right. He, like, named names. There's, like... like and it's a bestseller already, so, you know, that whole to, 50% of it all, it looks like you're kind of getting it back a little and, bit. And not to, not to jump ahead... But there was the whole thing with Sonia and the cigarettes and the vagina, you know? Yes. He, he could, he, like, I got quote Bethany again, he mentioned it all. He did. And he did. so, and, and, and I'm going to preface this with this. Mm-hmm. And this is like an unbiased opinion because I have read both books. You have. And, you know, Brian Moylan has been on my show. I had no issue with him. He was a very nice guy. He was very nice to me. The interview went well. It did. It was a good interview. Yeah. But since Dave can give you details, it's a more interesting book. Right. I haven't read the other one yet. I plan to read it. Right. And and here's the deal. Mm -hmm. I encourage you to read the other book. And another thing with the fandom, there's room for two books. It really is, for sure. There, there's room for more than one book. And it doesn't have to be like this war. Right, know? like Brian and Dave are not housewives. We don't need to incite a housewives feud between them. Right. And P.S., you know, Dave is my friend. I know firsthand they're not feuding him and my right. him and, no. him and Brian Moylan. They're not feuding. So why are you feuding? 
I'll tell and you. I know why. that first. I know that firsthand. You know, they're not feuding. They're not fighting. So why are you? We'll talk about that at a later date, maybe behind a paywall. But I agree. <laughs> Can't we all just read along? Right. Any final thoughts? <laughs> I am. This book is like my best friend. Okay, because the book is almost 500 pages. Yes, long. a true anthology. And this book is like my best friend. We're like joined at the hip because I've been taking this book everywhere. And it's so everywhere. good. Like if you are a Housewives <laughs> fan, this book is so good. It's that book like, for you. I've got to, I can't, I literally can't put it down. And I'm totally serious. And it reads so quickly. Yes. Wes, where can we find you? You can find me on Insta at the Reality Reading Rainbow, or you can find me on my website, lescrookendallbarrett.com. Yes, and you can also find him on a very special place called Patreon, where you can get yes. bonus episodes of the Reality Reading Rainbow and so much more. So I encourage oh, you to go I there. Oh, yes. I forgot. I forgot. If you're on Clubhouse, you can find me on Clubhouse at uh, uh, I am one of the moderators of the Real Housewives of Potomac recap room, which mm-hmm. we just came from. We just which, left. <laughs> which was a lot today. Candy Gal splits the room every time. <laughs> it, it was a lot. And then I also am the host of another room called the Bravo Detective Agent, where every week my co-host Jessica and I do deep dives on the various housewives. But right now, it's the Bravo Detective Agency book club because there's so much juicy tea in this book. We're just like going through the book. So many books. I think a couple weeks ago, you touched on Dorinda's book, Megan Nice. Yeah. And now we're, now we're all not all diamonds and rosé. And then I was looking ahead. So next month is Portia's book. Um, January, we have Rachel Lindsay's book. And, and Garcelle's coming out with a book. Garcelle, yep, Garcelle too. I saw Craig has a book coming. In the mm-hmm. spring, something about pillows. And then Dr. Wendy's memoir, Tears of My Mother, is coming. And then also, uh, Right Foot and I Love the McSweeney's book is coming out sometime in the spring as well. Oh, I'm still Leah McSweeney. I'm, I'm Right Foot and I Left Foot McSweeney. Yes, that's why I call right. her because that's what she does on, on um, the Ticker Talkers. She does that little Right Foot and I Left Foot dance. So that's, that's, I'm more comfortable with that. Right Foot and I Left Foot McSweeney. So <laughs> good luck to her and her book. Shout out to Bunny for dragging her and keeping her in check. And this was fun. I can't wait to pick this up at a later date, maybe behind a paywall. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, yeah, if you ever want to talk about another part of this book, please mm-hmm. have me back because I absolutely I got opinion. Yes, you do. And <laughs> um, tell me, Les, what's something that we can keep doing? Something that you might have said before in other places? What's something we should keep doing? Keep reading. All right, so you guys know I have lived and gone through and experienced many, many errors in my life. Well, here's a new one that I'm so excited about. So, as you know, I'm very much so a man on the go, a man about town. And I'm sure you're wondering, how do I do it? How do I keep up? How do I stay awake? Well, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. And that secret is Proteus Brews. Yeah, Proteus Brews. So it is the cutest, chicest little coffee shop that I have found at the Proteus Bicycles Bike Shop. So yes, bikes and coffee, 
You can't get any chicer than that, right? But no, Proteus Brews is located inside the Proteus Bicycles Bike Shop. They're open Tuesday through Sunday, and you can get handcrafted lattes, espresso drinks, hot chocolate, iced tea, coffee, you name it. All made by hand, all made to order. And you can even get fresh pastries from local bakeries. I mean, Proteus Bruce is just truly the chicest coffee shop around. And it helps keep me going Monday through Friday, seven days a week, around the clock, from the back in the middle to around again. Proteus Bruce is my friend. So hey, come visit. Come visit.